Uh, we've been in the book of Acts, and we've been talking about victory. No matter what we are facing in our life, in our church life, in our country, in the world, whatever we're facing, uh, we, we know that we can still have victory through the power of power of the Holy Spirit and faith in Jesus Christ. So faith in Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so next week, we're actually going to veer off a little for a, a veer off. And you'll see why in just a moment. But next week, we'll be back in. But even though we're veering off, it's still a lot of connections to Acts as we go through. You're going to hear me make many connections to the book of Acts. But I wanted to I had to revisit this uh, and, and, and focus on this because of what's going on. The title today is Elijah's three anointings, Elijah's three anointings and judgments connecting it to the USA today. Uh, if you've listened to my Daniel Revelation, you know, where, or you were here for here for when we went through this. Uh, I had to hit it because a shocking new development has hit our country the last couple of weeks. Roe versus Wade uh, is 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 going to be overturned, and it's just rocking our country right now. It's dominating the news. No one believed me. How many times did I tell you it was going to happen? No one believed that it would happen, but I knew because we spent two years. We spent a year in Elijah in First Kings. We spent another year in Elisha in Second Kings, and and I, I kept telling everybody this is going to happen and now the news has leaked Roe has been overturned now i know no one here is shocked because you uh because of those two years we spent in elijah and elisha if you missed go back and listen to that uh and connect the dots i connected the dots to the bell worship and child sacrifice and abortion in america today and how we are facing god's judgment if we don't repent of this and i'm going to connect the dots to the usa today now listen if you have been involved with an abortion whether you're a man or woman here involved with an abortion, this is not meant to make you feel bad. Uh, if you have, have been, many people in our church have been involved in this. They found God's forgiveness by putting their faith in Christ. They found healing. We have a pamphlet on the back table every week from Wendy Shedding. Uh, you can call her or contact her and, and she'll meet with you and take you through steps for healing. We, uh, we also are, are part of Choice One. Lots of counseling through Choice One. The baby bottles, if you didn't get a baby bottle yet, grab one, fill it up with coins, bring it back. That's to help out Choice One. Uh, and, but th- that, that we're involved with that. And we, I have many people in the church, men, women and men, who will counsel. They've said, if anybody ever needs to talk, I'm the person. I've been through it. So God's mercy and grace and forgiveness extends to anything and everything, even abortion. So don't carry that load. And this is not meant to, to make someone feel bad who's already repented. If you repented, it's under the cross. It's gone. Rub an eraser on your head. God has done that. You know, so, but, but, but we do need to face what this means to our country today. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for each person is here. There's no accident that every person is either sitting here or listening to this today. There's a reason for it. Your Holy Spirit wants to do something in our life. I pray that we pray that for your mercy and grace for that to happen, that our, that our hearts and minds would be open. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, First and Second Kings, Elijah and Elisha, those who went through that with me, wow, was that amazing. But I showed how God's word teaches that child sacrifice, remember we connected to Baal, child sacrifice is God's last straw. 
God's last straw in the Bible before he's going to judge a nation. And I showed how God had appointed a, a, a crazy King Jehu to deal with it. Remember in, in Israel and, and I connected the dots. To the, this was back when back when President Trump was president before we had President Biden. And I connected the dots to crazy President Trump and how God used him to hit abortion hard, but he also used him for some other things. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Hang on, because there was, there was, he hit abortion hard, but he also, God used him to judge our country. I'll just say it. He used him to polarize our country. And that was God's judgment. How we were polarized under President Trump, divided under President Trump. God used, just like he used Jehu to do that, he used Trump to do that. That was God's judgment. You know, tr- Trump was never going to make America great again. He was used to divide us. And to and, and God brought His sword of judgment. And notice my sword. We'll be talking about that in just a minute. So, uh, but that that and then He also, I, even in the midst of Elijah and Elisha, I showed how He took out wicked Queen Jezebel, RBG, took her out at just in the nick of time to so that Roe versus Wade could be overturned. Because God, I knew God was going to overturn Roe versus Wade in this country. And once again, most of you said I was. Most people here said no. It, my, Kids, my kids, you're crazy. It will never happen. But I knew it was going to happen, and I knew it was going to rock the United States of America. I knew it was even before it was leaked, which was in itself a wicked act. Because why was it leaked? It was unprecedented, that leak. It had never happened before, but it was a desperate attempt to keep Roe versus Wade. It was a desperate attempt to keep killing babies. That's why it was leaked. They were hoping, whoever leaked it was hoping that there would be riots I mean, I mean protests. Uh, oh, there'll be protests. And, and they were hoping that one judge would change their mind. And they're still hoping that one judge would change their mind if there was enough protests. And look what they're calling for. A summer of rage. The summer of rage. They're calling for this openly. A summer of rage. Where have we seen that before? You know, remember, remember I said during the, the former riots, I mean protests, it wasn't about racism. It was about godlessness and lawlessness. That's what it was about. The true people that cared about racism were protesting peacefully. But all those riots, all that was a godlessness and, and lawlessness and wickedness. And while we're seeing it connect to the next dot, God is judging this country through that. And and they were hoping that that would happen. They were hoping Congress would pass a law, a federal law to, to codify Roe. And, and, and so that didn't matter what the Supreme Court doing. They were hoping, but they knew they needed 60 votes, which they didn't get. They tried to vote, didn't work. They didn't even get the 50. So they so their next goal was to get rid of the filibuster, right? They tried to get their, their rural goals to remove the filibuster. So they only need 50, but they can't even get that. It won't work because Senator Manchin, a Democrat, is pro-life. He's pro-life. He's the last Democratic holdout. The last one in Congress or in the Senate. Think about that. God preserved one last Democrat for such a time as this. This he Even in the Democrat Party, God has his Daniel. God has a Daniel even in the Democratic Party. And it is demonic. It's child sacrifice, abortion. It's demonic. And I believe it's going to escalate in shocking ways. Look at the threats already. Look at the hate already. And what is it directed at? Christians. It's directed at Christians. Already churches are being attacked all over America. Pro-life offices are being, Christian pro-life offices are being firebombed. And did you see the note that they sent to that firebombed Christian pro-life office? Said, 
burn, Jesus freaks burn. They know what they're doing. They know what they're aiming this at. And, and the New York Times just had an article. It's, it, I'm just going to read you. Uh, New York Times Marine Dowd. The Catholic churchly ethos of the Supreme Court threatens to turn America upside down. Yes. Remember Acts 17? What, were the, what was the first church accused of doing? Turning the world upside down. That is our job because it's, it's the wrong side up right now. We're killing babies. It's got to be turned upside down. That's our job. That's the Christian's job. And, and I, it, it, it's crazy. And now, and now you, you, listen, you know I, attack, I go after the Republican Party whenever it needs to go on after, right? I've, I've said plenty. Whenever they go against the Bible, I let the Republican Party have it. And I'm going to say I'm going to let the Democratic Party have it. The Democratic Party is fighting tooth and nail to keep abortion legal. Safe and not rare. They're, they're, they're trying to keep killing babies, just like they did to keep slavery. This, the, do you not understand history? The Democratic Party fought tooth and nail to keep slavery and, 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 and fought against you know, uh, freeing the slaves. They did all that they could do to that. And, and look, then look what it took to, to save. Look what it took. Look what it took. For, uh, it, it, it took... The Republican Party coming, arising out of the ashes. You know, there was no Republican Party. And, and President Lincoln, President Lincoln to lead it, to fight slavery and save the USA. But look what it took to save the USA then. It took a bloody, brutal civil war. That's what it took. And today we are facing a new war. And it may become bloody. It may become bloody. We're facing a new war. The Democrats are openly calling for the mayor of, of, of Chicago, what did she say? A call to arms. Nobody said anything. A call to arms, she said. She's, they're calling for this. And the new mantra in the party is we will fight like hell. That's the new. You see it over and over in the headlines. The Democrat, we're going to fight like hell. They already are. John eight forty four. Jesus said, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. They're already fighting like hell. They're already fighting with Satan's power. That's why they're killing babies. That's why they're pushing this. It, it's crazy. And listen, you know, I, I go after any political party. I don't, I'm not about politics. It's about babies. It's not about politics, it's about morality. Don't let them politicize the killing of a baby. It's not about politics. Don't let them do it. This is far from over. It's going to go to the states. Two out of three of the states, two out of three states will outlaw abortion. The other one third are going to make it completely, even at, they're talking about even legalizing it after babies are born. Give parents a month after they're born to make up their mind. Do I want to keep this neonate? Right? Yeah, it's, it goes from becoming a fetus to a neonate. And we got They're talking openly about this openly. This is not a joke. They're serious. And, and that's what's going to happen in the other one third of the states. And, and, and this will divide our country just like slavery did. Will we survive? 
Will we survive? God used a civil war to preserve our country the first time. It was horrible. He used it to preserve. But we may have already crossed the line. I'm going to say we may have already crossed the line. The blood of 60 million babies over the last 50 years screams out to God. Screams out to God. Numbers 3533 says this. Do not pollute the land where you live. Bloodshed pollutes the land. An atonement cannot be made for the land on which blood has been shed except by the blood of the one who shed it. All worried about pollution and climate change and blah, blah, blah. But we're missing the most deadly pollution. That is the bloodshed. These babies being killed. That's what's going to destroy our country. That's what's going to destroy our country. Remember Elijah. Elijah had three anointings and three judgments, three swords. And, of course, I had to have an excuse to bring my sword. All right. So he had three swords that he pronounced judgments with Elijah. Elijah was giving three anointings by God. And the first one, he says, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars. And put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me, too. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Maholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael. And Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. Wow. Jehu, I'm going to do Jehu's sword first. Jehu judged Baal worship and he divided Israel. He did not make Israel great again. He divided it. That was his job. He was a madman. Remember riding those chariots? He was a madman. But God picked a madman to deal with Baal and to divide Israel. He went crazy, right? That's what his job was. Hazael. Hazael was a foreign invader. He, he brought war. He brought Israel to the brink of their, their final judgment and being removed, which happened. And then finally, the sword of Elisha. What, what, what is he talking about, the sword of Elisha? Elisha never carried a sword. Isn't that puzzling? The other two, you saw Jehu's sword. You saw Hazael's sword. But Elisha never carried a sword. What is he talking about? Do you ever think about that? What's that? The word. Exactly. Exactly. He was Israel's last warning. And they ignored God's word. We go all the way to 2 Kings 17, verse 6. It says this. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria, I'm sorry, in the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria and deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Hala and Gozan and the Harbor River and in the towns of the Medes. All this took place because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord, their God, who had brought them out of Egypt under the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They worshiped other gods and follow the practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before them, as well as the practices that the kings of Israel had introduced. Go ahead, keep going. 
the Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers. I'm going to read that again. The Lord warned Israel and Judah through all his prophets and seers. Turn from your evil ways. Observe my commands and decrees in accordance with the entire law that I commanded your ancestors to obey and that I delivered to you through my servants, the prophets. They forsook all the commands of the Lord their God and made for themselves two idols cast in the shape of calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed down to the all the story hosts and they worshiped. Al. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire. They practiced divination and sought omens and sold themselves to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. Therefore, the Lord rejected all the people of Israel. He afflicted them and gave them into the hands of plunderers until he thrust them from his presence. The Israelites persisted in the sins of Jeroboam and did not turn away from them until the Lord removed them from his presence as he had warned through all of his servants, through, as he had warned through all of his servants, the prophets. So the people were taken from their homeland into exile in Assyria and they are still there. They ignored Elisha. They ignored the prophets. They ignored God's word, and the sword of Elisha fell. The sword of Elisha fell. Let's connect the dots to the USA today. These warnings are for us today. Jehu. Remember, I preached on Jehu that how God picks our presidents and look who he picked last when I was preaching this. It was President Trump, who nobody saw it coming. Right. And we were we were like, God used this crazy guy to give a death blow to Baal worship and the murder of babies. Look what he did. He appointed the Supreme Court justices. Roe versus Wade is overturned. God used this guy. The last guy you would expect. Right. A madman just like Jehu, right? But he also used him to divide the USA. He used him to polarize. And everybody's like, oh, I, I, I like what Trump is doing, but I don't like the way he's dividing us. I said, he's doing his job. He is here to judge America. God is using him to divide us for our sin. And he, and he used him also to separate the sheep from the goats. The wheat from the weeds in the church. Remember I said that? How we're seeing how God was separating the wheat from the weeds. We started to see who were really Christians and who weren't. God used this crazy guy to do it. And then also Hazael. Hazael was a foreign invader. Are we seeing this? It's hard to imagine that, right? A foreign invader coming into our country? Not. Everybody's on edge about this. Imagine, imagine this, imagine Russia and China combining and, and attacking the U.S. when we have a weak president in office. Imagine that. It's hard to even imagine. I know that. But now there's a new world order. They're talking openly about a new world order. Did you follow the U.N. vote? The U.N. had a vote on the, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. And they had a vote. And uh, 93 countries voted for the, with the U.S. to condemn Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. 93. 100 countries either voted 
against the resolution or they abstained, which means they're for it. We, it's hard for us to believe in America, right, with our media and not understanding what the world's thinking. But 93 countries are on our side, 100 are against us. Can anybody say World War Three? You, you see my point? And, and let's not forget that the coronavirus was a foreign invader. Let's not forget that. One million people were killed in the United States now. We've passed that milestone this week. Very, very sad. Uh, President Biden said there's, there's a million empty chairs in America now because of the coronavirus. The hypocrite. Next month, there's going to be graduations all across America. And there will be a million Children missing, a million graduates will be missing in the graduates because a million children per year have been murdered by abortion. Picture your graduation class and every third chair empty. That's exactly what has happened in America. That's exactly what has happened. We, 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 they can't see it. They can't see the empty chairs, but we can see it. We can connect the dots. And then Elisha. Will we respond to Elisha's sword? Will we respond to his sword? Hebrews 4.12 says this. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It divides, divides, uh, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The word of God, the word of God. Will we respond to the word? Will we respond to Elisha's sword? Will there be revival or judgment? I've been saying this for years. We are either going to have to have a revival or judgment. There is, we can't continue along this edge of the cliff. It's impossible. The USA is on the edge of a cliff and only a true revival in the church, which spreads into the country as a spiritual awakening. Our only hope, our only hope, that's the only thing that can save us. God is warning the USA. God is warning the USA. The signs are all there. God is trying to get our attention. Look at abortion. We're not only going to be judged for abortion. A lot of people don't understand this, but abortion is God's judgment. Did you know that? The fact that we have abortion is God's judgment on our country. That means he's turned us over. In Ezekiel 20, 26, he says this. God says, let them be, I let them become defiled through their gifts, the sacrifice of every firstborn, that I might fill them with horror so that they would know that I am the Lord. God turned them over to the, to the sacrifice of children to wake them up and shake them up and horrify them. Are we horrified yet? This, this is God's judgment that we're killing our babies, that half the country is fighting to kill their babies. We're not, the, we're not just going to be judged for it. It is God's judgment. It's a sign that God has turned his back on America. The drought, the, the, another warning sign, God getting attention, drought. The, what is the first thing Elijah did in his ministry? Drought. He said, King Ahab is not going to reign for three years. 
I'm, I'm stopping the rain. I'm praying to God to stop the rain. First thing he did was the drought. He, and he, he pronounced that drought. I'm going to show you a map of America. Look at this map of America. All the color is drought in the USA today. I bet most of you don't even know this. Yoshi, you're in California. You know what it's like, right? It's unbelievable. And it's coming this way. Severe drought. Horrible drought. Half of the country is now under drought. It's serious. Very, very serious. You think that the baby formula shortage is stressful? Just wait. We already know that Russia and the Ukraine, you know, 40 percent of the, you know, the, the wheat exported, that's shut off. We, we just saw what happened in India. They just outlawed exporting any wheat. They're the second largest producer of wheat, not exporter, but producer. They are no, not going to let any go. You t- Philippines, they're in big trouble. They were saying, oh, the Philippines is big trouble because that's where they get their wheat. It's going it, to, and the USA, it, Oklahoma just said they're only going to have a half of a wheat crop and the massive amount of wheat they did. It's hitting our country. It's hitting the world, worldwide. It's coming. And not only that, but an economic drought. Do you think it's any accident what is going on with the stock market, with the inflation, with gas doubling and the food doubling and the housing prices and the rental? This is God warning our country and the decline of the USA. You can't miss it. And listen, you know, I've been preaching this for years, the decline of the USA. There is now a new world order. The world is openly talking about the new world order. And guess who's not on the top of it anymore? We are not on top. We're slipping down the pyramid. Just like the book of Revelation taught. We are not in the book of Revelation. (laughs) Pay attention. What should we do? This is all bad, 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 right? But now here we go. What should we do? What have we learned from the book of Acts? What have we learned? That no matter how bad it is, victory through faith in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we've been focusing on. Listen, the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk is all about God's warning in the last days of Israel. Israel and Judah's existence. And listen to what Habakkuk said in, in, in Habakkuk 2.4. He said, see, he is puffed up. His desires are not upright. Talking about the, the country invading Israel. He says, uh, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. I like the, uh, the old, old version better. The righteous will live by faith. Just focus on that. The righteous will live by faith. Faith. What have we been focusing on in the book of, of Acts? Faith in Jesus Christ. No matter how bad it gets, they were being invaded. It was terrible. No matter how bad it gets, they, they, he's saying, we, we, book of Acts, by, through faith in Jesus, through our faith in Jesus. Terrible times, but Habakkuk encourages the faithful remnant to live by faith. Does it sound familiar? The book of Acts, right? They're going through persecution, just like we're going to be going through. They're going through terrible times, but they're told to live by faith. But we also, the second part is to live by the power of the Holy Holy Spirit. Remember, we talked about that with Paul and, and Silas in prison being beaten and they were still praising God and they experienced the Holy Spirit's power. 
Everybody's chains came loose. The prison doors flew open. Remember that? And, and, and that's, that we, that the Holy Spirit's power. Habakkuk 3.17. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Look what Habakkuk was doing. Worshipping. 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 We are going to... That's where we get the Holy Spirit's power. Remember, we talked about that. We're going to face intense times but the holy spirit will also increase his intensity he's going to increase his anointings he's going to pour out in a way that he hasn't poured out since the book of acts and his is as we get closer to the return of jesus christ we're going to see the book of acts all over again watch for it and in joel 228 it says this and afterward i'll pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young, old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. As we get closer to the time of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is going to pour out in powerful Ways. You say, how can we go through the, the book of Revelation? How can we go through the tribulation? How, or if it's before the tribulation, the rapture, how can we even get through the beginning of, you know, leading up to it? How can, because the Holy Spirit's going to pour out in a powerful, powerful way. No matter what is happening in our life, what is happening in our country, what is happening in the world, we can live in victory. Through faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you doing that now? Are you living by the power of the Holy Spirit at this time? It's not that bad yet. It's going to be. It's not not as bad as it's going to be. Are you learning to live in the power of the Holy Spirit now? Are you living in victory now? Are you showing your faith? Are you sharing your faith now? Learn to do it now. Learn to do it now. Are you, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Maybe you're here today. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you been forgiven for everything and anything and received the Holy Spirit by putting your faith in Jesus and, and been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ and given a brand new life? Resurrection power we've been talking about. Have you been given that brand new life? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a prayer away. It's a surrendering of your life away. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus. It's not here. It's here. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. You can have this brand new life. You can have the Holy Spirit's power right this moment. Let's pray. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? 
What is he telling you right now? Maybe you're here or listening to this and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never received a new life in Jesus Christ. Sin-free, guilt-free, judgment-free. A life of mercy and grace. A life of resurrection power. Peace and joy. You can have that right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The simple prayer of faith, God, I repent of my sin. I repent of anything I've done in my life that goes against your word. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son, Jesus, your one and only son, Jesus. I'm putting my faith in his death on the cross for me. To pay for my sin, I put my faith in him, his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. I put my faith in his resurrection. To give me a new life. A new life that starts the second we pray this prayer and goes through all of eternity in heaven with God someday. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, you're in for the shock of your life. Your life will never be the same. You now have the Holy Spirit living in you. You're going to think differently. You're going to live differently. You're going to read God's Word, the Bible, and it's going to come alive like fire. You're going to love differently. You're going to even be able to love your enemies. I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer of faith, to tell somebody today. Tell me on the way out. Tell it the card, stick it in the box. Tell a family member, a friend, someone here, someone at work, someone anywhere, someone that you know is a Christian. Tell somebody. ASAP so that we can encourage you and be excited for you. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Are we prepared for this war, this spiritual war? Are we living in the Spirit's power? Are we living by faith daily now? 
growing strong spiritually. So that we're ready as the time comes for Jesus to come again. So that we're ready as this country very possibly goes through judgment. As we face persecution. Are we getting ready spiritually now? Are we in the word and in prayer? Are we shutting off the stupid TVs and phones and focusing on God's word? Father, I pray that we here would be ready. And we pray for revival. Just like Elijah had 7,000, we pray for a remnant, a revival remnant, to be ready for Jesus.